Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Elmer. In the wake of the pandemic and as prices rise, consumers are making different choices about how they spend their money. In short, they're being inconsistent as they try to reconcile their personal values with practical realities, things like price hikes and supply chain problems. So what's this mean then for businesses who think they understand who their customers are and what they're looking for. Dr. Edwin van der Odera is one of Accenture's global executives, the Senior Managing Director, Strategy and Consulting, Customer, Sales and Service. He's in Australia for a short time this week and joins me this morning. Edwin, welcome to Fear and Greed. Hey, hello, John. How are you doing? Well, thank you. Now, you've written a report on these changes in consumer behaviour and why businesses need to adjust their approach. Let's start with the basics. Why have customers changed the way they make decisions? Yeah, I think it's uh, been an evolution you know, that we have seen over the last years with through digital and it's accelerated with COVID, of course, which kind of all forces in into new habits, which were digital first and from home and so on. And, and now we're post-COVID. And so I think the whole e-commerce space, the social media space, this whole COVID uh, work from home thing has really changed lives a lot and and has really you know, created a lot of paradigm shifts, you know, new ways of thinking for people. So it's, it's not about going back to pre-COVID ways of thinking about consumer behavior? No, not at all. Now, of course, we go back to some extent, of course. Huh? There's the revenge spending and revenge uh, holidays and and so on. And, and we do see a little bit of go back to office. and, and, and in a, But I think we are finding a new balance because we all understood that there are things we could do differently. We were just never allowed or forced or allowed to discover how to do these things. And so I don't think we'll go back. Uh, we'll go, we're in a new era, really, right now. Okay. Are businesses ready for that? Not yet. <laughs> so every so the paradox is that every business is confronted with the same thing inside with the employees, but they haven't really internalized it in terms of understanding the, the changing behavior of their customers. And like you say, it's often paradoxical. Okay, because the typical paradoxes that were always there in, in our behavior, you know, I mean, we're not, uh, let's say, uh, always uh, very consequential and systematical in what we do. Uh, we're at the end of the day human beings. All of that was never really an issue or a problem from a marketing communications perspective. But now I think the wide range of options that we have in how we conduct ourselves, you know, has become so wide that that really is is very impactful in in how we respond to brands and products. Okay, so how should a business start thinking about this? So if you at one point were marketing to a, a marketing brand and you know the, there's 30 behaviours you're thinking about, suddenly you're looking at 60 behaviours that you need to consider. How do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and by the way, we see that in the surveys we've done of companies pre-COVID, during COVID and post-COVID, we saw this huge change where like 70% or something of customers say that they feel that uh, companies don't understand them anymore. And about 80% of companies say that they feel their customers are shifting. It's like shifting sand. Mm. And so they they don't know how to respond and, and the customers are evolving because it's not a static thing. They're evolving faster than the companies can respond. 
But the, 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 where that comes from is that, you know, we used to think of customers in very simplistic terms, in terms of like simple personas that had a bunch of characteristics. And if you have 30, that's already very sophisticated. Uh, but it was very static. Huh? It was like a, yeah. an analysis and you would update that every few years. And that was about it. And, 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 and you put every customer in a box, huh? in one of those boxes, and that was it. But people are not like that. Uh, I mean, who, who, would, who would have thought? Huh? Uh, people are much more <laughs> complex and sophisticated. But now modern technology and the modern fast way of life and, and the pace at which things change mean that the way people evolve and respond at each point in time during the day or the week is very, very different from how it used to be. And so companies need to understand that dynamic. So what we say now is that people are a combination of a set of personas, okay, maybe five or something. Yeah. And we are all like that multifaceted person, and it's and we are we're a constant evolving dynamic of those personas. So I'm very different on Monday morning than on Friday evening, and and depending on the context that I'm in. And so companies need to understand that dynamic. So that they know who are we really talking to at what point in time, which personas or combination of personas is more important at that point in time. So what is the point from which the, the customer is listening to the communication I'm giving them? All right. And that's what they need to learn. So <laughs> how? I mean, the, 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 is it about customer service? Is it about just understanding that, you know, some customers on a Monday want to buy locally and, you know, on a Friday they want to buy sustainable products? I mean, how? Yeah. So you can see that this becomes about data. Huh? You need, yeah. a, you can't just do a simple analysis and have a few focus groups and, and be done with it, you know, and then draw some pictures on the wall of some, some stereotypical personas. So you really need to understand much more deeply and that you probably will do to investigating how customers work with you as a brand, you know, voice of the customer on steroids, I would say, but also external data that you get and much more deeper surveys and research so that you can really see what are all these multifacets of customers. And then there's this thing which we call life centricity, which is, it's not just that customer. No, it's the life of that customer day to day, but also the cycles week to week and month to month and and, and it's also not just life stages like, oh, now they're going to be uh, having kids and now they're going to need a house and now they're going to be empty nesters. It's really all the different cycles. So you, there's a lot more modeling to do, a lot more understanding. And once you have that, then you need to try and sense when you are in contact with that individual, you know, where are they at at that point in time so that you can respond in the right way. Stay with me, Edwin. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Dr. Edwin van der Oderer from Accenture. Fundamentally, this is actually about customer service, though, isn't it, what you're talking about? Customer service, but in the, you know, what we see is that service used to be something that happened as an afterthought after the sales had been done. And frankly, we would, uh, companies would have preferred that the customer just went away, you know, and uh, maybe come back to for another sale or to buy something, but not for service because, you know, that was just nuisance, you know, noise yeah. um, and therefore a cost. But what we now see is that we are not anymore in this classic funnel that's a linear funnel for buying something and then a bit of service at the end. But we're in a constant interaction cycle with brands. And, and so that implies advice and communication and engagement throughout the cycle on and on and on and on. And all these things happen at the same time. And that means, therefore, that the service element is, a, is an element that happens all throughout the cycle 
the whole life cycle of engagement of the customer. And so it's a totally different way of looking at service. Yeah, it's not necessarily a cost as such. The way you're describing there, it's not really a cost center. It's more as a, you know, selling another product, a growth driver. Yeah, exactly. So it was seen as a cost center because it was seen as something we didn't want to do, really. We wanted the customer to just go away and leave us alone, frankly yeah. speaking. So everything was about reducing calls, you know, directed to IVR, frequently asked questions, do it yourself on the app uh, and things like that. But really what companies did was they offloaded the complexity of, of their products and, and, and how things worked and the problems that you could have with them onto the customer to solve it yourself. Whereas now what we're saying is, no, you need to constantly engage. There are so many ways in which you can help your customers maximize the usage of your products in which you can predict the problems that they may have. And rather than wait until that happens and direct them to frequently asked questions, you can maybe reach out to them and you can proactively make sure that things will go well. And then the customer will not see it as a problem because the problem hasn't occurred yet. They will think like, oh, wow, look at the service I'm getting. This is really amazing. Yeah, yeah. It must engender loyalty when a customer thinks that a business is communicating honestly. Precisely. Classic loyalty has been dead for years, okay? And switching is so easy. We all just go wherever we want to go. But we come back. We come back to the brands that we can trust because from the communication of the brand onwards, everything's consistent and I'm getting a great experience, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time after time after time. So why do I come back? There's no sense of misplaced loyalty here. It's simply because I trust that the promise will be kept and that I'm going to get what I hoped that I was going to get and it's of great value to me. And that's a very new way of doing loyalty. Have you seen companies that are doing this really well? Well, there's a number of companies that are doing this well, uh, both in and actually even pure product, fast-moving consumer goods companies that you'd otherwise think that they would just work like with shelves, you know, like uh, physical or digital shelf space. And then it was all just about, you know, getting you to look at that shelf and take products, but that are now, you know, having a complete cycle of engagement with you, including with influencers and and other people and combining digital with in-shop experience in all one integrated dialogue. An example that I could have is a Shiseido, for example, does that now really well as a pioneer in that. A Shiseido, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. But you would think that that would just be like shelf stuff, no? Like yeah, yeah. little yeah. boxes on the shelf. No, because that's not, the, the point is every time you do that well, you have to go back to the intent of the customer. The intent of the customer is not to pull a box with your product off a shelf. No, it's, a, for example, a Japanese young lady that goes to a party next week, okay? And it's a tea party, okay, with a specific ritual. What does she need for that, okay? You can engage in the dialogue on that, and then you can help her think about what she needs. And then in that broader context, then it's not even product placement, really. It's really matching her needs and intent and everything that she feels important with a way in which you can fulfill that. And then she will say, oh, for her, it's then natural to to use your product, it won't even occur like a buying of a product for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, you've talked about the life-centric or life-centricity of some of these businesses. And it's, I mean, I'm thinking of my own, I do a bit of running and there's a particular brand of running shoe that I like to, oh, yeah, yeah. That I like to use. And it's amazing how much information they give me that I read that I'm interested in that's got nothing to do with my shoes. Exactly. And why? Because... For you, it's well. It's not about the shoes in the in the product sense of the way. It's because you want to do running, and running means a lot to you. And because you run a lot, 
there's a lot there's a lot of context for you around that. Yeah. And then you find that those shoes that were normally just a way for you to protect your feet when they hit the ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are now suddenly an active part of your total experience and they're giving you a lot of information. And Nike, for example, does that really well. But I remember the very first prototypes of that were not so good. They were very technical and they were quite unusable. But uh, a Nike, like a Spotify and companies like that, they know how to take complex information, complex data about stuff you use, like, for example, all the music you listen to during the year or something. Yeah. And put that in some sort of profile of yours. Yeah. Where which you can just, at a glance, you never have to study mathematics to understand the patterns and the profiles. And then you can compare your music profile or your running profile with that of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And so you automatically get to different way of communicating with other people, other communities, and to something you were also alluding to that we see with a lot of our clients that do that well. You get to product maximization. They automatically you start using more features of the product, not because somebody's pushing you to do that, but because you see the relevance of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, it, is it? I mean, we're talking. I understand this in a big company sense. Is it relevant for smaller businesses as well? I think it is, but of course, everything is at its scale. But yeah. if if I'm look, I'm a let's like say that I'm a local florist. Okay, how did that work in the past? I had my physical shop. I probably still do because I still need a place where I put all these pots with flowers that I'm going to use to make bouquets, all right? So in that sense, there's still a function for a room like that with flowers, and maybe people could even come in, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even call that a shop anymore now. In the old days, I was like the shop, no? But I still need that sort of facility. But to the Shiseido example, there are many reasons why you would want a bouquet, and the bouquets would be very different. So maybe I'm on Shopify, okay? And maybe there I offer all kinds of examples of how I can make bouquets for you that really fit what your need is. And then customers can choose from there and they can dialogue with me and they say, yeah, I like that thing. That was a great idea. However, can I have a bit more orchids or can I have this or that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we can do all online and we can chat and they'll say, okay, well, why don't you drop by in two hours and we'll have it ready for you? So this is just a new way of engaging, which is using both physical and digital and and, and all these all these you know new new channels in order to to give people what they need fascinating Edwin thank you very much for talking to fear and greed <laughs> it's my pleasure that was dr Edwin van der Odera senior managing director strategy and consulting customer sales and service at Accenture this is a fear and greed daily interview remember this information is general in nature and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions join us every morning for the full episode of fear and greed Australia's most popular business podcast I'm Sean Elmer enjoy your day <laughs>